Seventh season, the Lapped Traffic Podcast has brought you over 300 shows, driver and media interviews, awesome stories and entertainment, and one of the coolest fantasy leagues around. Get ready for another exciting season. Sit back, relax, and try not to get lapped. Now, here is your host, the Professor. is up lap traffic nation welcome to episode 329 of the lap traffic podcast yes i am your host the professor brandon crowd daytona is in the books the 2024 nascar season is underway and we're going to atlanta all right we got a lot to talk about though how is everybody doing how did we weather the storm no pun intended We've already had races moved, which is crazy to think about. Like a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the historic move by NASCAR to not only change the start of a race, but to move it up an entire day. And we saw that again this weekend with the ARCA race being moved ahead an entire day, which when you think about it, especially that series, it makes so much sense. No sense in punishing those guys to have to extend hotel, car rentals, um, that sort of a thing. A lot of those teams are struggling just to get to the race financially, let alone any extra bills like that would definitely be a damper for some of those teams. And we saw NASCAR move the Xfinity race, not once, but twice, and rescheduled that to being after the Daytona 500. So we went racing well into the night. And I mean, if NASCAR is willing to do this for the 500 weekend, I don't think they'll shy away from doing that throughout the rest of the season if it makes sense if they can do it from a tv perspective etc a lot to get into uh but before we do this week's show is brought to you by threes of crowd catering do you want to impress the next crowd you host then let brandon crowd of threes of crowd catering bring his passion from hosting his own friends in his kitchen to yours featuring barbecue italian and american menu options summer events and graduation season is right around the corner book your event now by calling or texting 586-668-5888 Three five, of course, Metro Detroit area. Visit our website, threecrowdcatering.com. That's the number three, crowdcatering.com. Follow along on social media at three crowd catering. Let the crowds cater your next crowd and be on the lookout for the debut of Dining in Detroit, a new co- uh, podcast hosted by yours truly, the Professor Brandon Crowd. First episode is going to drop within the next 12 days so uh be on the lookout for that shameless plug yes but hey you know what uh we gotta get some business going for this bad boy here so if you're in metro detroit you need catering office lunches graduations bridal showers baby showers baptisms you name it i am happy to help and uh, feel free reach out uh that is the business cell phone number that you can text or call anytime Feel free to reach out. Okay, uh, let's get back to the NASCAR talk. And can we talk about... If you smell what The Rock is cooking. 
I just absolutely love the fact that The Rock was part of the Daytona 500. It is no secret if you've been listening to the show for any length of time. Uh, if you've listened two weeks ago with Dustin Albino from jayski.com, you know I love wrestling. I love to talk about wrestling. Uh, wrestling and football, I think, are two of the bigger crossovers, if you will, with NASCAR as far as the fan base is concerned. Obviously, they're trying to revitalize the XFL or whatever the hell it is that they're trying to do there. But, I mean, The Rock just brings it. I mean, the amount of people posting pictures, media personalities, uh, you know, you looked at NASCAR Chasm's post, having fun with The Rock. I mean, it just really was a awesome you know, person to have at the Daytona 500 from an outside source and brought a lot of attention, a lot of viewers. And I think that is absolutely awesome. You know, uh, last year, I had Seamus from the WWE on because he was the Grand Marshal uh, at the race in Nashville. Uh, obviously, the request uh, didn't, I don't even think it went through on the email they're like who the hell is this podcast trying to get the rock on honestly i didn't even send one because i knew that the long shot was uh in the millions there so but anyways love to see it i thought that was awesome there uh as i mentioned uh, there is still time to get into Lat Traffic Fantasy. Uh, we got a few last-minute ads going into Daytona, which was awesome. We got 80 players so far. Happy to have a few more join. If you'd like to, feel free. Shoot me an email, fantasylattraffic at gmail.com with your name, email, Twitter handle. If you have one, would love to add you. There is definitely time to uh, make moves. Do not feel like you missed one race. You couldn't make the playoffs. You absolutely can still make the playoffs. I've seen it done in the past. So if you'd like to play, come join us. It's a lot of fun. There's trophies and all that good stuff on the line at the end of the year. All right. What's coming up on this afternoon show? Well, I've got an awesome guest. Uh, two of them, actually. The first is our Daytona winner in the Xfinity Series. Austin Hill is going to be on in just a minute. And then a little later on in the show, very excited, a in-depth interview with Michigan native driver in the ARCA Series. He's got over 400 starts in a career that's spanning almost 40 years brad smith is going to join us as well so looking forward to that got your recaps from the weekend as well social media shout outs your guys's take on some questions that i threw out there and of course some live traffic fantasy to close it out so without further ado let's get our xfinity daytona winner our three-time daytona winner austin hill on the line all right, Lap Traffic Nation joining me on the line, making his sixth appearance on the show. He has seven wins in the last three seasons so far in the Xfinity Series and isn't done yet this year. He is the winner of this past weekend's United Rentals 300 at Daytona, winning his third season opener in a row. Welcome back to the driver of the number 21 Chevy with RCR. Austin Hill, what's up, brother? How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. It's uh, really cool to hear you say that that we won at Daytona again. It's uh, it's something special. It's something that I don't think many people realize how hard it is to do, but um, everyone at RCR and ECR engines prepare a really fast Bennett Chevrolet for the racetrack. So um, it's, it's cool to get that done. It's cool to see it from, you know, the, the fan podcaster perspective to see that, you know, like it, it's hard to put on a clinic at any race, let alone a place like Daytona or Talladega. Uh, but, but you seem to be able to do that pretty darn well, man. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there, there's so many variables that 
kind of can happen at these super speedways. Um, there's a lot of stuff that's out of your control. You know, if a, if a guy messes up and, and ends up, you know, a big wreck or something and you end up being in it, it might be something that ends your day and it was none of your doing. So um, there's a lot of things that have to happen that, that have to go your way. Uh, obviously having a, a really fast minute Chevrolet helps that, but um, you got to position yourself in the right place at the right time, you know, miss the big, big wrecks when they happen. And fortunately enough, we've been able to do that the last three seasons um, with fairly minimal damage. We had some damage then we got caught up in a wreck uh, the other night, but we still were able to patch it up and, and had a really fast Chevrolet when it mattered. Absolutely. Um, Austin, you know, you're, you're entering your third year at RCR, third year with your crew chief. Um, you know, there's a, there were a lot of changes throughout the, the Xfinity garage this year, driver changes, crew chief changes. Uh, but you know, you're, you're with the same team, same crew, you know, how did that, uh, help maybe give you guys a competitive advantage in your off season prep since you know, everybody. Yeah, it does help knowing, you know, the group of guys that you're working with and learning the tendencies of how I drive a race car and the feedback that I give to the team on on what, you know, when I'm saying I'm loose or I'm saying I'm tight or if I give them like a, you know, a number scaling of how loose or tight I am on, you know, everyone understanding what I'm saying. So I think that does go a long way. I think it, it helps, especially at the start of the season, but um, you know, throughout the year, you know, everyone else that, that is with a new team or maybe it's their first year, they'll get it figured out, obviously, as the, as the year progresses. So we just got to stay on top of it. Um, it's, it's great having the same group of guys and, and not having a, a lot of turnover or anything like that, just because uh, everyone knows everybody. You have the confidence in each other and um, you feel like, you know, you can make the right decisions at the right time to, to win races when it matters. Absolutely. Um Walk us through your, your weekend, right? You know, weather obviously played a role for, for all the races this weekend. You know, your race got moved the most. You know, how, how did that play, and, and how do you cope with that when you're in the garage wanting to go practice, qualify, racing, and, you know, you guys didn't get done till you know, late in the morning, you know, early in the morning, I guess, Monday night. Yeah, you know, it was a lot of sitting around. I, I went back and watched a lot of film work, and um, – it's just one of those things that you're, you're kind of constantly thinking about it. So I tried to find ways of, um, staying busy that way. I didn't just think about, you know, when we get racing and when we go green, uh, what I was going to do in, inside our race car. So, um, yeah, you know, having my family down, down here and my three kids and all, we, we found some stuff to do around, around the Daytona beach area to kind of buy some time, um, you know, Monday when, when we thought that we were going to race that mor morning, then it got pushed back. I was able to watch the Daytona 500, obviously. Uh, those cars drive so much different in the draft than the Xfinity cars do, but I did take take away some stuff from it, and I learned some stuff watching those guys race. So, um, you know, there, there was a lot of sitting around, but it was once it was time to get strapped in and get going on Monday night, uh, we were prepared. We were ready to get going and uh, ready to get the job done. That's awesome, man. Glad, you know, that's one of the things, especially with the shorter weekends, you know, um, a, a lot of the, the, the drivers, the crew and all that have said, you know, that they don't get to go out and see, you know, as much as the area anymore, like 
they used to be able to do. So, hey, at least you got to go out with the family a little bit. That's that's pretty cool. Um, Austin, you and I sat in your hauler in Michigan back in 2019. You won the season opener that year in the trucks uh, at Daytona. You went on to Victory Lane that weekend at Michigan. And since then, you really haven't looked back. Uh, it's been a lot of fun to watch your career grow from the outside. You know, what's that transition been like for you? Yeah, you know, it's been great. It's one of those things that, you know, coming up through the rankings, um, didn't know, you know, if I was ever going to get an opportunity to run for a really good organization. Um, you know, I was always racing with my own race team, with, with Austin Hill racing for a while. Then we got over to Young's Motorsports in 2018, had a pretty solid year there. And then, um, you know, really the first time that I was in uh, winning equipment, was in 2019 with Hattori Racing Enterprises, and we had such a great season there. We we won four races, had a shot at at the championship, got knocked out in the round of eight. But there was a lot of promise there. And then, um, you know, fast forwarding from 2019 to now, um, it seems like every season that we've ran, we've at least won a handful of races throughout out the year. So, you know, it's been it's been great. I've had a had a blast kind of going throughout my career and. Um, really 2019 is kind of what propelled me forward to where I am today here at RCR. So, um, you know, without, without that 2019 season, there's, there's no telling where I'd be right now. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been a really fun journey. Uh, I'm loving every minute of it and I definitely don't take anything from granite and, um, we're just ready. Everyone here at RCR is ready to, to dig deep here in 2024 and try to go deep in these playoffs, see if we can get in the final four when it matters. We got a long year ahead of us before any of that happens, but we got a lot of work to do to try to get better at, at a lot of these different racetracks, short track, intermediate, um, you name it, uh, road courses. We got to get a little bit better. And I think if we can touch on a few areas that, that we struggled with last year, um, I think we're going to be, you know, one of those guys that you got to talk about all year long. That's awesome, man. I love that. I hope for that. That's that's for sure. Um, speaking of RCR, you know, RCR, both the Xfinity side of things, cup side of things, has has made such positive moves over the last few years. Um, you know, how have you seen the organization grow from, you know, your, your first strap in, if you will, to, to now in terms of the the advancements that that the the team as a whole has made? Yeah, you know, they're they just wanna win, you know, they're 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 hungry for wins. They they come into work every day um, with a positive attitude and they're and they're ready to to work really hard at it. Um, it's been great having, you know, Kyle Bush over here now. I think he gives uh, really good feedback on, on a lot of stuff. I know the, the cup cars are totally different than than the Xfinity cars, but you know, if you have the t cup teams running well, that normally kind of dwindles down to the Xfinity side and the Xfinity sure. side starts running well and, and vice versa. If you see the, the Xfinity side is doing well, that kind of almost gives the, the cup team a little bit of a boost and, and makes them want to work a little harder. So uh, everyone here at RCR is working extremely hard. Um, we want to win championships. We want to get a championship this year on the cup side and the Xfinity side if possible. So um, it's been great these last you know two years and now going into my third season it's hard to believe that it's this is my third season with rcr it seems like it's flying by but um i'm having a lot of fun with it that's great man uh headed to atlanta this weekend um you do have a win on the the new surface there uh but but do you miss the old atlanta surface do you like the new style of racing that we're getting in atlanta well, well yeah so you know 
I've always loved old Atlanta. I've loved, you know, the way that the racetrack would, you know, tire fall off. You'd fall off two or three seconds. You're slipping and sliding around and it kind of got into the, to the driver's hands a lot. So I was really bummed out about it when we switched over to new Atlanta and, um, I've had such good success at new Atlanta that, uh, new Atlanta has been fine for me here, <laughs> here these last two years. You know, I've, I, uh, the very first race at new Atlanta finished second. Then we come back, we win the race. And then last year I won again. So I have two wins, uh, at Atlanta now. And then we were in a really good shot at winning later in the season at Atlanta, uh, ended up getting turned and you know, that kind of ended our day there. But, um, yeah, new Atlanta has been so good to me with it being my home track and getting two wins like I've done. It's been very special having, you know, all of my family members there, my aunts, uncles, cousins, just the, everyone that comes to that race, um, is, is so special. So hopefully we can get there this weekend, have a nice smooth weekend and put ourselves in position just like we did at Daytona and, and fingers crossed we uh, get the job done again. I love it, man. That's awesome. Austin, uh, give a shout out sponsors, tell everyone where they can follow you at on social media. Yeah. You know, um, we, we got the Bennett Chevrolet, um, you know, Bennett is talking about Atlanta real quick. Bennett is only 15 minutes is where their headquarters is uh, right down the road. So uh, that's really neat. This year, we got a 50th anniversary uh, paint scheme. So we got some gold trim piece um, pieces on, on the car. So kind of gives it a little bit of a pop. Um, so the car looks really good this year. Um, you know, we got United Rentals on board this year, which was cool to win at Daytona with United Rentals being the title sponsor, with it being the United Rentals 300. So uh, that was cool. You know, we have Glo Global Industrial back on board. Um, so glad to have them on board. I, I think their paint scheme is is really neat. Um, so can't wait to, to get in the global industrial Chevrolet later in the year. Um, uh, then social media, you know, I'm on, I'm on all the social media channels, uh, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, you know, you type in at underscore Austin Hill or whatever it, it'll, you'll find it, uh, some way or another. So, um, yeah, everyone tune in, follow me. Um, excited for the season to to finally get started and, and we started off with a bang and we're going to try not to let up i love it man austin thanks so much for coming back on the show congrats again on the win this past weekend best of luck rest of the year and uh, look forward to talking with you real soon man yep sounds good good talking to you and i appreciate it thanks man take care we'll see ya. thanks Bye. see ya all right, Lab Traffic Nation, there you have Mr. Austin Hill. Cannot wait to catch back up with him as the season goes because I'm sure that will not be the last time he is on the show. Uh, all right, let's 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 do a little race recap, shall we? And all three series kicking it off at Daytona. Daytona. <laughs> Daytona. Oh, man, that's how it's going to go. Okay, uh, we'll start Friday night with the trucks. And what a cluster bleep of a race this thing was. You all know I love trucks. I know a lot of you guys love the truck series as well. And, you know, a few years ago, man, the, the truck series was just awesome. And I do have high hopes for the truck series this year uh, due to a lot of new and young drivers in the series. Now, that could also come back to bite us sometimes, too, right? Because, you know, we might have some more wrecks with some of these guys not being as patient, going for broke because they are younger. Uh but personally, that's what I want to see in the truck series. But 
this past weekend at Daytona. Overdid it a little bit with 12 cautions. 52 out of 101 laps were run under yellow. And I've said this at nauseum. Your caution laps hit 35% or higher uh, for your race total laps, and, and that's a problem. It's not going to make for a good race. People are going to be upset. Uh, all that to, to, to say that the finish was was pretty exciting. Uh, you know, Nick Sanchez picking up his first win at Daytona. Saw some new names in the top five. Raja, Brett Holmes, uh, Parsons was up there, which was awesome. So, you know, we're just going to put this one, you know, it's in the rear view. And we're looking out the front windshield headed to Atlanta. And, and hopefully we get a, a much better truck race at Atlanta. You know, obviously with the repave and all of that, Daytona, or I'm sorry, Atlanta has raced like Daytona and Talladega. Not quite to the extreme. So we'll see what uh, year, I believe it's year three, on the repave will bring for the truck series this week at Atlanta. Uh, the Xfinity side of things, you know, it, it's hard to put on a clinic at Daytona with pack racing, with drafting. You don't see too many people start out front, stay out front, and win the race. But, man, that is exactly what Austin Hill did for the third straight year, winning the season opener in the, opener in the Xfinity Series. Started second, finished second stage one, won stage two, won the damn race. I mean, that's just dominance. This guy is a threat anytime you go to Daytona or Talladega. A lot of you banked on that and scored some big points in lap traffic fantasy this week. Uh, but, man, I, I, you just don't see that as often anymore uh, at your Daytona and Talladegas. But that was that was, that was was fun to see. Um Bummer, Frankie Munez wasn't able to, to, to be out there long. He only ran 37 laps. Early wreck for Deegan in her Xfinity debut. But how about SVG with his uh, 12th place finish? And Dinger, who pulled double duty on Monday night for two top 10s for him. That was really cool to see that. And then the 500. I mean, this in my it was your typical Daytona 500 race, in my opinion. A great race to kick off the season. It was a Daytona race. Uh, five cautions, not too bad, considering two of those were stage breaks. So three for on-track-related incidents, not bad from a super speedway race. But when you look at the fact one caution involved 23 cars, not to mention that caution that ended up uh, bringing out the the checkered flag and and the uh, yellow while right after the white flag was thrown. You look at it from that perspective, maybe a little different story. Was surprised to see McDowell not have his typical solid Daytona run. Uh, Brad Kay got involved in one that was uh, a heavy pick and favorite in lap traffic fantasy as well. And it looked like Corey LaJoy was maybe going to pull an upset, which would have given us our fourth upset in a row, technically, if you will. Uh, we had McDowell in 21, Cindric 22, Stenhouse 23. Uh, I think a lot of fans would have loved to have seen Corey LaJoy get that win, though. It also looked like Ross Chastain was maybe going to pull it off and was so close, which I'm curious how that would have gone over with the fans. You know, that's something else we've talked about at length is is Ross going from Cinderella story in the trucks to villain in the cup. Uh, would have loved to have seen what that reaction would have been. But when it was all said and done, I know there are a ton of happy fans out there to see the 24 car back in victory lane at the Daytona 500. Big win, obviously, for HMS's uh, kickoff to their 40th year in the sport and ninth 500 victory. 
All right, let's do a little lap traffic social media. Everybody, make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, Facebook, the Lat Traffic Podcast, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all at Lat Traffic PC. Don't forget about the two giveaways going on. We've got the number eight Mark martin autographed frame plaque once we hit eight thousand followers on twitter and then also doing the lap traffic prize pack giveaway including a kevin harvick 124 diecast from 2023 all you have to do is retweet follow at lap traffic pc at three crowd catering and at d-e-t-p-o-d so be on the lookout for those posts as well and we'll do that giveaway as soon as those two accounts hit 500 followers so uh if you've made it this far into the show leave a review tell your friends all that good stuff make sure you leave reviews uh, i haven't gotten uh, one in a minute since the season eight has kicked off so feel free to leave a review wherever you listen to your favorite podcast um and don't forget, we got stickers, koozies. Feel free to send a request. I'll send them out to you for free. And let's see. Let's get to some of your guys' takes on this past weekend. I put out a bunch of questions. And let's see. I put out, do you like Monday Night Racing? What did you think of NASCAR moving the ARCA race? What did you think of the 500? Did you like the new broadcast? And why or why not do you listen to the podcast? All right, let's get to what you guys had to say. Colin, at the Hondad, uh, for the first question, if it had actually started in prime time, then yes. And as far as NASCAR moving ARCA, he thought that was good for the teams. And as far as what he thought of the 500 itself, the guy that junked the field three times this weekend doesn't deserve to win. And about the broadcast team, Harvick is amazing for the booth. Fox was tolerable tonight. I still think NBC is better. And he never misses an episode. Well, I appreciate that so much, Colin. I really do. Uh, AJ at... P-U-T-U-I-D-I-O-T-A-J. Sorry, was not even going to attempt to try to pronounce that. Uh, said it was a fun race. Big one happened late. Took some wind out of the sails. Definitely enjoy betting, picking based on manufacturer. Scott at 1985 Wagner. Not a fan of Monday races. Yes, probably higher than normal audience. It was a pretty good race. Not surprising mix of manufacturers pacing the field. Clint seems less. Does Clint seem less goofy or is it just me? Don't miss many podcasts, mainly if work has me traveling. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, Roger at R-O-J-O-D-I. As far as the Monday night racing, a night is any night is a great night for racing uh, with regards to NASCAR moving the ARCA race like the clash. Yes, it was a great move with regards to the race. Typical shit tore up back racing. Uh, Clint less goofy, still hate cartoons and he sometimes forget to listen to the podcast. Well, subscribe, man. And it'll, you know, just kind of tell you that there's a new one there. Uh, Mark at S66. Great one. I found the race boring. Boring and the finish sucks. Broadcast was flat. I'm not a big fan of podcasts. Didn't see the Arca race. Hey, man, that's fair. I, I totally get all of that. Uh, and Emily at EN Herald. I like cup races during the week a lot. My preference is to watch weeknight races like we did during the pandemic, but I get why NASCAR keeps them on the weekend. Absolutely. As, as far as I'm concerned, I love Monday night racing. I get it's not conducive from the fans at the track, do, you know, with regards to travel and all that. It's not like, you know, it's, it's in a location most times to where you can you know, drive in, drive out and still make it to work the next day. But from a sitting on the couch, man, hell yeah, I'll take Thursday night football. I'll take th Monday night racing, you know, all of those good things. Um, <clears throat> 
And as I mentioned at the start of the show with regards to uh, NASCAR moving the ARCA race, that was great for the teams. No sense in, you know, hurting their pocketbooks uh, if they could avoid it. Uh, You know, I agree with most of you guys in terms of it was, you know, your typical Daytona 500 race. And I am the podcast, so I kind of listen as I go along there. So there you have that. Thanks for the responses. We'll keep that going throughout the year. Getting your feedback, get you comments on the show and all of that good stuff. All right. We are not done with the guests on the show this evening, afternoon, depending upon when you're listening to this. So let's talk to as i mentioned at the start of the show he's got over 400 starts in the arca series he he lives like 10 minutes away from me which is really cool so hopefully we can do something in person next time let's talk to arca driver brad smith all right lap traffic nation joining me on the line for his first official appearance on the show he has over 400 starts in the arca series and not only is he from the great state of michigan but basically my neighbor from shelby township michigan the driver the number 48 welcome back brad smith what's up man how are you i'm doing good just got back from daytona you know it's always a relief to get back from a restrictor plate track with the car sort of in one piece so uh yeah, we're just we'll get ready for the next one. Awesome, man! I love it. So uh, I said first, like official appearance, because this is the first time like we're we're having a a quote unquote formal interview. But we we did meet up um, a couple years ago at MIS with the legendary Charles Crawl. We did a little Arca Gridwalk one time on a Friday, and we did catch up. Well, now we're really going to catch up and. Uh, get to chat let the listeners really get the the inside on on brad smith and your very very long arca career which is awesome because we just don't see that so i'm excited to get to chat with you here um we'll talk about daytona your career all of that good stuff but first we have to cover two quick things number one since you are from michigan is it maize and blue or green and white we got to get that out of the way first i'll be honest with you Whoever plays the best game. Fair enough. I can get behind that. Like, there were some times, like, back in the day, like, dude, Michigan State's good, and I'd like to watch some good quality football. So, you know what? I'll, I'll watch a little Michigan State, even though it kills me. But, uh, yeah, I, 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 can get with, I can get with a good game. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm the same way. I played defensive back in, in school, and honestly, I kind of watch the DBs and whichever team's – Defensive backs play the best. That's kind of who I start rooting for. Fair, you know what? That that makes even more sense. You know, if, if once you've, you know, specialized in something, uh, I can totally see you, like, not even paying attention to what color the jersey is or anything like that and just <laughs> dissecting. It's got – like, is it hard for you to watch, you know – uh, a, a race you know knowing what you know and been in it as long as you have like we're recording this as there's like 40 to go in the daytona 500 like you know how how do you can you enjoy even watching a race or do you just get all stressed out <laughs> i'll be honest with you we're so busy with our own team that i very rarely get to watch a nascar race um, like today, you know, we had to hurry up, get the car unloaded, find out what's wrong with the engine and, uh, you know, just start getting a game plan going for getting the Phoenix and back and being competitive. So very little chance to watch racing. Um, but when I get a chance, I enjoy it. It's, uh, it's a little bit rough to watch it from the grandstands once you've been down in the pits and, you know, you've, you've 
had your own car and you've driven the tracks and stuff. Fair enough. Yeah. No, I, uh, I, I totally get that. That's, I, you know, <laughs> somewhat humorous, somewhat not. That's part of the reason why I've still kept doing this podcast because it's like, hmm, that media access is really nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I totally get that. Uh, like you said, you just got back from Daytona. The, uh, you know, ARCA season is is underway now. Um, what Before we get into the actual race itself, what did you think about the decision to move the race? Not just time, uh, but, you know, the, the day itself, you know, it got bumped a day. You know, what was that like for you, your team? What did you think about that? I didn't even think it was within the realm of possibility because any other time they've talked about moving a race forward because of weather, it's never happened to the best of my knowledge, but it made so much sense. I mean, we were going to be stuck there till probably Tuesday until we could race and we wouldn't even get home till Thursday. You know, we'd spend Wednesday driving home. I wouldn't even be about to work till Thursday. Sure. And, uh, you know, when, you, when you've when had limited vacation time and you're trying to stretch it and make it into a 24-race season, uh, you don't want to be wasting days watching it rain. Absolutely. Well, you know, and that was the thing that for me, like, you know, we saw them do this unprecedented move uh, at the cup level, you know, a couple weeks ago at the clash, you know, they, they bumped it up a day and it was like, oh, my God, NASCAR is willing to 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 do something like that. And it worked out. It made sense. Um, and I think it made sense for the for the ARCA series, you know, especially knowing, you know, even the higher, you know, budgeted ARCA teams are still not anywhere near, you know, they're, they're not a Hendrick Motorsports to where they can absorb extra hotel stays, extra car rental stays, extra food, you know, all of the costs that goes into extending an already expensive, uh, you know, trip, right? So it, it, that alone had to, you know, like, oh, thank God we don't have to foot any extra bills or anything like that, right? Absolutely. I mean, that was such a great decision. I had, I was grinning from ear to ear for a couple hours before the race, just thinking of how much it really saved us. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you, you mentioned, you know, vacation time. You know, this is a hobby for me. I, I totally get where you're coming from on that. What's the, you know, what, what helps uh, fund the car getting to the track? Uh, and just... What's, well, I guess, what's the day job? Oh, I'm sorry. The day job, I'm an uh, engineer at Nissan at their tech center in Farmington Hills. Okay. I'm in, a, I'm in a group called Competitive Engineering, where we compare our cars to the competition. And, of course, we look to see what they might be doing better or less expensive than us and uh, put in suggestions and... Uh, and then we also get into a little bit of, uh, you know, comparing, the, you know, the handling, the ride and drive, you know, the engineering aspect of the cars. No better guy to have on the job for that than someone that does <laughs> what you do for fun on the weekend, man. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I got to imagine they got to be pretty supportive. You know, you know, if you would have said, you know, like, you know, I used to be in the mortgage industry. You said that they may not be so, you know, all right, yeah, we can work with you. But since it's automotive, they got to understand the whole you know, racing side of things, even though they're not, you know, in the sports, so to speak. Yeah. For the, you know, for the most part, they do, but it, it, it doesn't make that big of a difference to them. Although I got to tell you, I dropped in our senior vice president's office a couple of weeks before Daytona 
and sort of ran this idea by him. And he loved it because it's like, why don't we get Nissan's name on a race car? You know, just because we're not driving a Nissan, you can promote your engineering group. Absolutely. Uh, on nissanjobs.com all, all that kind of stuff and uh you know we didn't really have time to put it together sure but i think the door was kind of open for possibly doing something with them at town today so, that's awesome yeah that's really cool yeah. really cool um, i thought so anytime i tried it at another oem they threatened to fire you call <laughs> saying it's a conflict of interest and all that stuff so <laughs> No, that's that's really cool. I love that. Um, well, let's yeah. let's talk about Daytona for a minute here. You know, uh, talk about the race. You know, finished a couple laps down. What what happened? And and you know, how was the weekend overall for you guys? Well, I tell you what, we had a lot of luck on our side until two laps before the end of the race. So, uh, um, you know, we're running a legacy motor. Almost everyone else has an motor. So that puts us at a pretty distinct disadvantage, sure. and which doesn't necessarily hurt you at a restrictor plate race because with everybody in the Ilmore running in the big pack, you saw what happened whenever there's a crash. You know, you'll take out five or six cars pretty easy, and you know we were we were back a little bit, and we could avoid the wrecks. Um, we had some luck where just before we're about to get lapped, the caution flag comes out. So, you know, we get to go all the way around and catch up to the field. And honestly, a lot of stuff was going our way, despite the fact that we were slow. So, you know, for us, it's a matter of, look, we're not going to outrun anybody. So let's just outlast them. And, and that was our strategy. And it worked real well. But then about uh, seven or eight laps before the end of the finish, somebody's windshield tear off windshield tear off and you know i didn't want to swerve around it so i ran basically ran it over so to speak but the thing kicked up and it clogged our grill and we started overheating so when uh that last caution came out you know I, i came in the guys took the thing off the water temperature started going down which is good or bad because it could just mean you're totally out of water. But the oil temperature started going down. So I thought, well, if the engine's cooking itself, the oil temperature wouldn't go down that fast. So we thought we could run the last couple laps and, you know, just take our finish and go home. But we went out, we ran one more lap, and then the car just started smoking out the exhaust system. So, you know, it was over. And, you know, I spent today, you know, taking the car out of the trailer we were hoping we could pull the spark plugs, turn the engine over, see if there was any water in the cylinder. Like maybe we just uh, lost the head gasket, but uh, the engine was still locked after pulling all the plugs. So we know there's more internal damage than we really want. So sure. uh, this motor's got to come out and get redone. Okay. Oh, that's a bummer, man. I'm sorry. um so what uh you know how often you know is the shop in shelby honestly we lost our shop about a year ago okay um the guy my brother's next door neighbor was letting us use his pole barn and he passed away rather suddenly so you know the family wanted to sell the house and obviously to sell the house we had to move out of the pole barn so I got hooked up with uh, another old ARCA racer, a guy named Rick Tackman and his son. And they're in Wisconsin, and they got a nice little heated garage with, you know, enough room to get a couple race cars in there. 
So I've basically been spending weekends, you know, leaving Friday right from work, going to Wisconsin, you know, taking parts, working on the car a little bit, and then coming home late Sunday night. And that's wow. uh, that's basically what we got to Daytona. Okay. So, but those guys did a great job on the car. Um, and like I said, Rick used to run Arca, so he's familiar with it. Okay. And, um, yeah, they did a great job on the car. I just, I wish we could have had, if we'd have lasted two more laps, we'd have probably finished ninth right behind Alex Club because that's where we had been running. And, uh, would have been a nice way to start the season, but. Absolutely. Who's, we, um, who's working on the crew? Are they local guys or are they guys from, uh, you know, these, these guys in Wisconsin? It's a combination. Um, the guys from Wisconsin, they're kind of in the same boat I am. They just have a couple vacation days a year. So I told them, hey, skip Daytona. I usually have plenty of help there. Um, I got a couple of guys from New Jersey that come and help me. I have Kerry Strange, who was James Hilton's crew chief for a long time. He comes from South Carolina, gives us a hand. Uh, one of the guys from Wisconsin went, one of the guys that goes and helps Rick and his son in the garage. But like I said, usually Daytona, I don't have a problem getting sure. crew members. Right. It's everyone else. <laughs> right. So like Phoenix, yeah, that you know, that that's a haul, man. You know, um, are you driving the car out there yourself? And I mean that's that's gotta be a little extra extended vacation there just because you know, just location itself. Yeah. Well, I'm extremely lucky in that I have a guy that I used to work with at Ford who retired to Phoenix. So what nice. I typically do is drive the race car down the week before okay. and leave the trailer parked at his, his, at his house okay. and fly in. And then for race weekend, I fly out there, do the race, and then drive home. So sure. it, yeah, it, it saves me a couple of vacation days anyway. Yeah. Well, and so, you know, you're, you know, and this is kind of what is awesome about, you know, ARCA and the ability to let it work with, you know, teams that are like yourself and that, you know what, the, the actual, the, the couple weeks benefit you, right? Like if you had to turn around and go to Phoenix this weekend, you know, that definitely would be a lot more of a struggle than, you know, like you said, you know, you got the week before, drive it out there, fly home, fly back out, you know, and, and it, and it helps save time. You know, you got to, what is it? It's almost six weeks off between Phoenix and the third race. So that, that sounds yeah. like those, those extra breaks within the arc of schedule, you know, help teams like yourself, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it definitely helps. A lot of people have asked me, well, why haven't you, why don't you move up the truck? And you know, the problem with truck is I would probably need six weeks of your vacation instead of the three that I get. And sure. I'm able to stretch that out and run ARCA because, you know, the trucks go a lot further away than we typically do. You know, they do the Vegas type stuff. And yep. I, I think they can go to California, don't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. I think when Fontana, yeah, they, they were running auto club, I think. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. Right. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's why we've never even tried doing the trucks. I mean, it's a, it's a great thought. We'd love to do it, but a whole lot of things would have to happen for us to be able to do that. So ours sure. has been perfect for us. You That's know, it's awesome. a, it's still a good blue collar, what I call a blue collar racing series. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, speaking of that, you know, 400 and I, this was, I think start 426 for you. If, if 
the math of what I was able to find pieced together correctly. Uh, you debuted in 1988. Uh, Brad, I, I won't tell you that I was six years old then, but that's okay. We can, we'll, I'll edit that part out. Um, <laughs> what's it like, you know, being in the series as long as you have, uh, you know, there's a lot of greats that have, that have come through the ARCA series that you've been on the track with, um, you know, your tenure in the track, you know, or in the series, what, uh, you know, what do you reflect back on or, you know, what, what sticks out as a couple of memorable moments for you? Well, like you said, meeting a lot of these up and coming cup people that have, you know, gone through ARCA and, uh, you know, seen how, how they were able to do well in ARCA and then move up. Um, and then just the longevity of doing it. I mean, when we started in ARCA, you know, we never dreamed we'd do it like for 35 years or whatever, it was always just, hey, we want to go racing. Arca does super speedways. Oh, we're going to chase this thing a little bit. And uh, we've always made Arca our challenge. You know, we, we just keep coming back. So that's, I mean, we certainly never thought about setting any kind of record and, you know, number of starts and all that. And uh, I, I've been reading a couple of things about it where somebody made the comment, of, if I run four more years, I can pass Frank Kimmel. And honestly, that's the last thing on my mind. Um, <laughs> we, ju we just want to go race. And if sure. we can do it for another four years, that's great. But it's it's not a goal of mine at all. I, hell, I'd trade in a whole bunch of stars for a win. Absolutely. You know? Sure. Yep. You know, yep. That's, that's the challenge for us, not just showing up and racing, but we want to win. What um, did you did you race, you know, uh, you know, prior to ARCA? Did you do cart? You know what? Uh, I guess wh what got you to that uh, first debut back in 1988? What was the, you know, growing up like from a racing side of things? Yeah, we you know, our intention was to start out at the local short tracks, you know, Mount Clemens, Flat Rock, Toledo, just like everybody else around here. Sure. And what we ended up with ARCA was I was working at Chrysler at the time. So I wanted to run a Chrysler bodied car, which was pretty rare back then. Sure. One of the guys, um, one of the local engine builders told me, he said, well, if that's what you want to do, instead of having us build you a high dollar engine, why don't you get a hold of Buddy Arrington, who's down in Virginia, and see if he has a used motor he'll sell you. And you can, you know, learn, spend the first year just learning how to drive and learning how to set up a car. So that, that it sounded like great advice. I mean, when somebody doesn't want to take your money, you got to think they're they're doing what's best for you, not them. So I did. I got a hold of Buddy. He had an extra engine. We went down there to get the engine, and in the corner of his shop, we saw this really nice looking race car, and uh, we asked him about it. He said, "Oh, it's it's too old to run NASCAR." So it's just sitting there. And this was kind of before a lot of teams had show cars or anything like that. Sure. And what, what typically would happen back then was, you know, NASCAR, you could run cars for three years. ARCA, you could run them for seven. So we saw that car sitting in the corner. And, of course, we asked him what it cost. And he shot us a price, which honestly was a, a great deal for a turnkey race car. Sure. So I came home, and you know how you get those things in the mail that said you're pre-approved for this loan? Yep. <laughs> I signed a handful of those and got the money, and we went and bought the race car, and that's how we got started in ARCA. Hell yeah, man. That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> I So I don't have vivid memory, but I know that I went – 
to the Mount Clemens racetrack. You know, so my my grandpa, uh, you know, worked for GM, worked at the tech center. And, you know, he you know, you that, that was what they did. That's kind of how I got into racing and uh, as a fan at all uh, was was my grandpa. And I, I remember going to. Uh, well, I don't remember, but I know there's pictures of me at Mount Clemens racetrack as a little kid. So, you yep. know, I, I love that. That's that's a really cool story. You don't hear about too many, you know, Michigan racers. You know, I've got a two year old that I want nothing more than for him to get into <laughs> racing, you know, and it's like, well, hell, where do I you know, I could you know, maybe get him into something up near like Bert, you know, I get him at Birch run or something like that. And, uh, but yeah, you know, that, that's cool, man. That's, that's, that's awesome. That's, that's right. badass. Um, oh, take him down to I heard they've been really putting a lot of money into that track, making it a really nice track. Mm-hmm. So it's not too far away. No, so no, that, that no. Good. Yeah. Um, all right. What do we need to tell Mr. Charles crawl to implement or to get rid of in the Arca series? You've been around it almost 40 years. I'm sure you've seen a lot of changes come and go, you know, what, what do you love or what, or what would you love to see change in the series? Oh boy. That's a good question. Um, I'd like to see it get a little bit back more to grassroots type racing instead of just a one or two race stepping stone to, to NASCAR. Sure. Um, you know, there were probably 10 cars at Daytona this week that are drivers that you'll never see again because they just had to be there so they could run the uh, Xfinity Infinity race. Um, yeah. I mean, that's good, I guess, for ARCA, but it just brings a, it just brings a lot of money as far as what it takes to run ARCA now to be competitive. Sure. And, uh, and again, and these are teams that are full-time teams. They're not rushing back to get to a job the following Monday morning or, yep. you know, sneaking out of work on a Friday a couple hours early so they could get a jump on getting to the track. I, and don't get me wrong, if I had the money, I'd spend it just like those guys do. So I don't, I don't begrudge them from that aspect. Sure. But, uh, yeah, ARCA was a little more fun when it was more grassroots type racing. I hear you. No, that that makes total sense. Absolutely. Um, Brad, as as long as you've been in it, you've had a lot of sponsors over the years. I know you've got a lot of uh, tenured sponsors that have been with you for a minute. Uh, who was on the on, on the car this past weekend? Who who are we going to see on your car uh, throughout the season? Well, that's a really good question. Um, we don't really have any money paying sponsors, so to speak. Uh, that's all been coming out of my pocket. Uh, the guys all from the Wisconsin. All the more incredible that you've been doing this as long as you have, man. That's yeah. Awesome. Well, it just means I'm broke. Only <laughs> <laughs> broke. But uh, the guys from Wisconsin put a few stickers on from a company that did the decals for them. Uh, they put their own sticker on because, you know, they do work on other people's race cars on the slide. But we've never had really that big dollar sponsor. Um, so now that the Wisconsin guys are kind of working on the car, I've taken that on as my challenge this year is I'm going to be the guy looking for the sponsorship. Okay. Um, if, if you're going to survive in racing, you got to have sponsors. Yep. So if we're going to run another four or five years potentially, um, I'd love to get some sponsorships, especially some local Michigan sponsorship. Sure. And, 
you know, and, and run a little better, and uh, but it's going to take someone else's dime to help get us there. So that's uh, that's my big challenge for the year, learn how to get sponsors. For sure. I love it. Awesome, man. Well, listen, uh, Brant, hang on the line a minute here, but tell everybody uh, social media handles, all that good stuff. Um, I'm not a great social media guy, <laughs> but the guy who did set this stuff up said – the word driver Brad Smith is in everything like hashtag driver Brad Smith. Yes. Um, I'll take, Facebook. I'll take care of you. I'll do the tagging for you on this one. Don't you worry. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And I think for Facebook, it's just driver Brad Smith or driver Brad Smith 48. Um, yeah, I think we even have a Twitter deal. Yes. But, uh, yeah. Right. Just driver Brad Smith and a 48 and you'll find us somehow. Or we, we do have a website, bradsmithmotorsports.com. Awesome. Excellent. So you can always, always get pictures off that website. And uh, like I said, everyone, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll make sure to get this tag to Brad's accounts and uh, all of that good stuff. Man, listen, this was a lot of fun. Um, thank you for, uh, for coming on. And like I said, hang on the line for just a minute. But Lab Traffic Nation, there you have a longtime veteran driver of the ARCA series, Mr. Brad Smith. Sir, thanks so much. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Well, Lab Traffic Nation, there you have Brad Smith. What a great chat. I, I really, really enjoyed that conversation there. Looking forward to keeping up with him and all of that good stuff. All right. It is time to close this thing out with a little Lap Traffic Fantasy. Just a reminder, get your picks in by 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on Thursday. Keep the Twitter interaction up using hashtag LTFantasy. We are kicking things off. It's another year of Lap Traffic Fantasy. We've been here eight years. We've been doing fantasy for eight years. And, man, I know there are a few people out there like Mick Rose who's been playing since year one. And what a transition this league has turned out to be from the uh, original format to where we're at now, which is which is really cool to see. Don't forget, if you didn't get picks in or if you didn't do good this year, or I'm sorry, this year, this week, uh, you know, just hang in there because people do stop playing and you will just slowly move up into the the standings as, as the year progresses. So, uh, you know, keep sending those picks in, all of that good stuff. Uh, starting the year off with 80 players, like I mentioned at the start of the show. Still time to register if you would like. Uh, let's see. Here's some recaps for everybody. 11 people took Ben Rhodes in the truck series, which only got 13 points. Nine people took Grant Enfinger for 23 points. Uh, Mike Nebbia, Ray Carballo picked Sanchez for the win. 20 players took our guest earlier this show, Mr. Austin Hill in the Xfinity Series, for 59 points, which was awesome. And over on the cup side, 15 players took Brad Keselowski, which only scored four points. So the points were definitely up and down throughout the week and throughout the league. How did I do? Well, uh, my pick of Grant Infinger, you know, right in the middle of the pack with 23 points. Uh, Josh Williams with, uh, I think, 11, 4, something along those lines. Uh, and then the Dinger uh, didn't do too bad for me there. So, yeah, you know, uh, but I think we're down like 59th place or something like that. What's our top 10 look like? Well, no stranger to the show. The doctor, Aaron Studwell, is in first place with 133 points. Uh, Kristen Hoglin, who won the league a couple years ago, is in second with 121. Jeremy Waterbury in third with 116. Uh, JR Creations in fourth at 112. Brian LaFell in fifth at 111. Joe Trelone and Matthew Ludington are tied for sixth with 110. 
Mark Luddington's coming in at seventh with 105. Matt Camper in eighth with 104. Kevin Hahn in ninth with 103. And last year's defending champ, Andrew Yu, wraps out our top 10 with 102 points. So there you have that. Uh, I am going to get right into the picks for this weekend. Well, we are headed back to Atlanta, which we saw in the spring of 22 in its new style of racing. It's favored our Daytona 500 winner as he has two wins at the Atlanta uh, repaved track and our Xfinity winner uh, also done very well. HMS in total has three out of four wins on the new Atlanta track surface of the four races that we've had on it. Chevy has 19 top tens on the new track repave. Joey Logano is the one lone Ford win on the new surface. So I expect to see a lot of Chevy picks this weekend throughout all three series. But as far as my picks are concerned, I am going uh, maybe a little bit out of the box just to see how things start shaping up once we get to some mile and a half and all of that good stuff. Uh, in the truck series, I am going to go with the 11 of Corey Heim. In the Xfinity Series, I am going to roll with my man Parker Kligerman in the 48. And on the cup side of things, he's got a win at Atlanta, but it's not on the new surface. But I think he's going to do pretty well. Rebound from this past weekend, I'm going to go with the six of Brad Keselowski. But, but, I will be okay if the nine wins and we get to hear the Dawsonville siren. All right, Lap Traffic Nation, that is going to do it for episode 329 of the Lap Traffic Podcast. Make sure you check out the website, thelaptrafficpodcast.com, TikTok, Twitch, Instagram, Twitter, all at Lap Traffic PC. Don't forget about the giveaways. Make sure you're following at 3Crowd Catering and at Dining DET Pod. And be on the lookout for my new podcast coming out over the next week or so, Dining in Detroit. Huge thanks to Austin Hill and Brad Smith for coming on to the show this week. Don't get caught chasing the lucky dog make sure you tune in each and every week to the lab traffic podcast see ya